1: do most of my old changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in Al Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in Al Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new, used um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever. I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffyford.net, and then on Instagram at diffyfordlinkedin. This episode is presented by the Choctaw Nation. The Choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future. At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Weiha in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us Saturday, September 30th for our sobriety sprint 5K as we remember, honor, and celebrate those who've lost their lives. This family-focused event will feature a one-mile fun run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. Register to run or honor a loved one at sobriety sprint.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, host, back with another episode. We have an artist podcast today, and I'm thrilled because um, I've got a friend on the podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you Mr. DG Smalling. How it's are you mate?
0: Oh, well, I can't complain. It is a <laughs> it's it's a hot day, but it's, it's not hot as hot day. as it's been in the past recently, and it's just been a dang good day. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was at a friend's.
1: I was outside about five thirty last night, and I thought, actually, it feels good. You know, it's not like get me inside and melting and need AC. I was like, this is kind of hopefully we're on the down, you know like September is generally the best month for weather, right? For <laughs> yeah, me, it is. Anyway. I don't
0: know because being in Oklahoma, I think. This is a place that could convince you that the creator, God, whoever is schizophrenic. You never know what it's (laughs) going to be. And you never know when they're going to change their mind or what direction it's going to go. What you do know is that, you know, if we lived, if we were here like say a thousand years ago and be hanging out, I mean, you've never really lived in Oklahoma. If, until you've been here for that 70 degree day mm-hmm. that day where it quite literally shifts 70 degrees yeah. when you go from ferocious triple digits or something like that and before you know it you have ice yeah. or you know it's dropped and the the the, the sky is doing something so terrifying that if we lived a thousand years ago we'd be looking for you know someone to sacrifice we'd be right. going what what can we do to placate the gods and, and I'm, I'm still thinking we might have to look at we that have you have know sometime
1: at yeah. <laughs> nobody thinks about that things like that right but you're right back in the day like you know you've got we don't have an You got nothing going on and you see the weather change that much you think a significant event is going
0: to happen it, it was a pop- rest. people were living in oklahoma at that time i mean <laughs> and what's funny is being in oklahoma and in Oklahoma's what do they do the weather gets funky i am over and over again being downtown and living there downtown for years for years my my um, my go-to point for anything storm related to for safety was a skirvin so and there was a bunch of us that still go down to the skirvin we'll take our go bags and we'll hang out until you know everything is cleared and the you know it would turn into like a new orleans uh hurricane party where half the people were locals the other half were obviously visitors and those who were visitors were just terrified and the others are having a great time you know and, and and what do we do in Oklahoma? We make a party out of it. We go out, we chase it, we look at it, we kind of go, eh. I mean, and we are only really able to do that because of the incredible work of the meteorologists and that kind of coverage where mm-hmm. we treat it like some kind of sport. Yeah. Where we're betting on it and, you know, we have to drink games it's, for it's it. It's insane. <laughs> it's quite quite funny, you know. and. That that's that's a true tell that you that you've acclimated, acclimated or you've grown up here that yeah. how you treat it.
1: Hundred percent, yeah. So people uh, that might not know who you are, there isn't many, but uh, the people that don't know who you are, um, what if you know when you meet someone in the elevator or you meet
0: someone, what do you tell them? Well, um, I'm a citizen of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. I am. Privileged to be one of our master artists. Um, I live and and have lived here in Oklahoma City for quite some time. My family are from McCurtain County. My clan area is around what is that? What's Broken Bow, Hochatown, Eagletown area, the Hill Country, and um, I I work primarily. I'd say my primary focus. I don't. Really look at the museum, the the gallery, m- market, and and tr- and avenue for art. I really work in the casino mm-hmm. space, and in the governmental space. I do so. Um, there's nothing wrong with those things. They're just they're not where my focus is. Um, I'm very conscious of this period of time that Indian country is going through and this period of reclamation. And we have built, in a short amount of time, uh, the fourth largest land-based casino market in the world, where it goes from sea stores a convenience store-type casinos, we have racinos, or racetrack casinos, all the way up to the two largest land-based casinos in the world here. And what's fascinating to me is that it is an industry that is... The proposition is very simple. You know, 50% of it's art, 50% of it's math. You know, for the casino, you know, for the games themselves, slot games, you know, it's the art that gets you in the seat, but it's the math that keeps you there. And so I noticed that, you know, I I work in a space that is very traditional out of the function of what I do traditionally would be to articulate you know, either the will of a nation, will of you know, governmental will of religious leaders or clerics and, but that master level artist would be right at that intersection of commerce governance and belief mm-hmm. and so I have the privilege of creating for a we, a capital we, society, and so, uh, and culture, which is very different than uh, be creating for an I culture and society and that individualism. So being able to be righted in the middle of it of this expansion, we're not. This is completely new. We're not. We're not returning to something in this industry. We're creating something wholly new. Being a part of that has afforded me a tremendous amount of uh, of, of of purview within Indian country, and not choosing roots of uh, museum, gallery, India market, these things. It has. It's isolated me from what would normally be the the artist community, which is really funny Consider that here in Oklahoma City, I'm one of our arts commissioners, which is, (laughs) I don't think, I don't, I know that I'm one of the least artsy artists around. Um, I think of this as um, that I'm obligated to bear witness, I'm obligated to, to, to Participate as as fully and as in depth and committed to this period as possible, and that's what I what I would say I fit. Mm-hmm. It there's there's no one single space that I occupy. It's easier for me to identify where I don't occupy.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Before. Um before you get into art, like going way back, where where does you know what do you do before you were an
0: artist, and where, then where does art kind of coming to the picture? Prior to being an artist, I was in the defense work okay. in the defense industry. You know, trained as a crisis manager, worked in different areas of the world that were in conflict. But prior to that, you know, my parents worked in conflict aid uh, in areas that were difficult, and primarily in Africa. In Southern Africa in high school, and then in Central Africa, you know, before that, we left the United States when I was nine. So we left the reservation then, and it was it, it was <laughs> quite an interesting shift in life, you know. And uh, I still consider myself a little bit like Rudyard Kipling's character Kim, where Kim was called friend of all the world. Yeah, there were a period of time that was one of my nicknames, you know. I look like that little character, that or Mowgli, you know, as a kid. And I now get to do that as an adult here, be the mischievous one, and you know, being odd, always in the, the middle of uh, interesting things. And so...
1: Yeah. Well, so when does, like, you know, you're in the defense world, you're in crisis management... It's not a very artsy place, right? Like, most people don't think of art and defense management in, in, two, in the same sentence. Well, because crisis management is, it's it's, it is an art form. Well, it's incredibly I'm sure. creative. Yeah. I mean, it's all problem solving. But you don't think of, like, no. you know, being your art, you know, you're not, you don't see an artist in the quote traditional sense, um, you know, in those two things together. So, where does that kind of intervene? And obviously, you know, you pull from so many different things. Like, you're extremely well traveled, you've been around a lot. Um, you know, all different different cultures, people. You know, you you could write a thousand bucks on all those things. But how do you kind of draw that, and then where does the
0: journey for art, being an artist, start? It's interesting because that is that is that is a, a an observation that I would say is perhaps quite accurate within the non-native culture, uh-huh. all the different ones here in Oklahoma, but in Indian country. It is perfectly normal. Okay, I mean, we look at back. We look back and we look at, for instance, um, you know, post World War II, we have AC Blue Eagle, who mm-hmm. is a master artist of his nation, incredibly uh, 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 successful commercially with like Ker McGee, Phillips, and others. Conoco, doing projects and collaborations. You have this long, rich line up into uh, just a. There are many more, but including people like um, recently departed uh, Chief, Enoch Kelly Haney. Mm-hmm. We have, and a, and to there are more, but as an illustration of those living here in Oklahoma, we have uh, Chief. I say Chief because within the the Cheyenne, uh, he is a peace chief. So Chief Harvey Pratt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know he being a combat veteran from Vietnam, yeah. I mean, this is a normal thing okay. that you you are achieving your name, you're taking your name, you're taking your place in your society, mm-hmm. in your obligations, and then you have a license to do with what you will afterwards. And so there is a normalcy of going that route. Okay. And... That normalcy means that you bring to bear the discipline. So I, I tell people that the discipline that it kept me alive was the discipline that was going to give me a life, and it has given me a life. And so I would say that what one of the things that even going into that life prior was lessons that I learned when we left when I left the reservation. We were in Switzerland. And the, par- the 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 couple that owned the house that we lived in, they also lived in the building. Uh, one of the things that he instructed me on was in um, woodworking, and i be in the the workshop with him, and he was this very fastidiously dressed, precise man with, you know, bespoke shirt and an ascot, And he never wore a smock. I mean, the chagrin on his face. But if we, you know, know, are you not going to wear a smock? Well, do you intend to make a mess? (laughs) And finally, when it came time for me to make my own project with him, he brought out these slats of mahogany and we're going to make the ship together and he pulls out a Mont Blanc pin, and when you pick up a Mont Blanc as a kid for the first time, it's hard to tell. I mean, you don't, the reference point of engineering and quality suddenly becomes apparent between that big pen or whatever you were using before and this. And I was using dip calligraphy pens in the schools in Switzerland that I went to, and, and I remember, well, what if I make a mistake? And he looked at me and he goes, you will think thoroughly and you will mark once. Pencil breeds error. If you if you give a human the option of error, the human will take it. And I'm 10 years old getting <laughs> this lesson. And and it's fascinating because now what am I known for from the style of artwork? It's a single line. I think thoroughly. I mark once. That's what I do for a living during, the, the, during working with crises. You can't help the environment that you're dropped in, yeah. but the the expectation is that you're not only going to be able to, uh, navigate it, but you're going to be able to lead in it. And you will think thoroughly. You will mark hopefully once more often, more often than that. But that our thing, that's a mindset that's been with me. You know, it's, I'm not too tonic that way, but, uh,
1: It's amazing when you look back, right? You know, it's always, I say this on probably 90% of the podcasts I do, it's always easier looking back and putting the dots together. At the time, you're 10 years old thinking, this guy's wild. Like, you know, like, what am I doing here? I'm, you know, the things you're hearing at the time. And then there's so many points like that along our life, but it it is easier when you go back and you're like, oh, that's why. Little lessons like that,
0: why I am who I am, why I do what I do. Very much so. And I'm, I'm not, I would say that it, the practical, how it fleshes out practically now in my career, because in the beginning when I shifted to art, um, I would, um, another Oklahoma City uh, firm, um, Pirate's Alley, the family, they were friends with a woman who was very much like my grandmother that helped me you know, understand the business of art. Or um, fine art, I had many other, there are many artists in my family who are professional artists, but they're musicians, you know, session musicians in in Nashville, wherever. So the idea of being an artist was always accepted. It was, but it was accepted as a profession that you, if you're going to do it, you do it professionally, you do it with the discipline, you, you make a life out of it. Um, so when I went into it, I went with a mindset of rigor and, uh, and repetition to work on technique. So I worked to deal out with Rose and them over at uh, Pirate's Alley and I would get scraps, mm-hmm. you know, bins and bins. And we went through thousands of them, thousands, to just work on the technique of the one line. And, and being very comfortable with it now, I liken myself more to the literary character by Rex Stout, uh, Nero Wolfe, Who's exceedingly uh, lazy um, resents having to you know work, and when he does so, commits wholly so he can get it over with. And 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 I think that's me Yeah. Now. And I I find it funny because I don't procrastinate on projects. It's kind of the opposite. I want to get it done. I want to get it over with so I can keep going back to cooking or whatever I'm going to be doing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Traveling. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Uh, earlier, you mentioned kind of the, the two kind of spaces that you're in. You said um, casino space and, and governmental space. Casino space is, you know, the gaming, the artwork. A lot, you know, like you said, it's, it, it's kind of art and math. The government space, is it more like gifting? Is that kind of
0: where you there get. There are some like that where I'll be hired to or be commissioned to gift. But for instance, here at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, uh, Unfortunately, during COVID, we had scheduled um, a an exhibition or really a viewing of a, a body of work. There were seven uh, matriarchs, uh, portraits of uh, living matriarchs mm-hmm. uh, that were, and the exhibition is a part of a U.S. Department of Interior, U.S. Department of Justice uh, collection related to Operation Lady Justice, which was the first federal um, multi-agency task force related to what is now, we've adopted the Canadian uh, term uh, for uh, from the First Nations, the Murder and Missing Indigenous Women. Okay. This was prior to that adoption of the terminology. And that task force was the largest multi-agency of its uh, force of its kind. And Oklahoma receives, unfortunately, an extraordinary amount of emphasis. Uh, and I was fortunate that um, the uh, the leadership within the Bureau of Indian Affairs, um, the director at the time, Tara Katox Sweeney, was a fan of the work and and knew where I stood on this issue, both within my family, within the nation, within Trocola Nation, mm-hmm. and uh, adopted an artwork to be uh, the model or be the logo, but also the title. You know, it became a center point for the meetings. It's still, It still is uh, in their conference rooms, that conference room where they meet. And that collection that was here at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame was... Uh, An homage to seven women who have that I know personally who have made significant impacts upon the the life of people at large, um, women in particular. That that's where I fit in the governmental. You know, I I'm privileged. And also here in Oklahoma, we have because of the. Removals and the different death marches that brought people here from different parts of uh, the continent. We have two Delaware nations, or uh, the, traditionally they're Lenape people, from the, what would be the northeastern part of the United States. And uh, the Delaware nation of Oklahoma, I enjoy a very deep uh, relationship with, to the extent that I they issued a statute for me which says that DG Smalley may create with full faith and sanction any and all Delaware-slash-Lenabe designs. Wow. The reason being is that uh, they do not have an artist like me. And they, we, are, we are trying to address issues not only like cultural appropriation. Uh, we're trying to address issues like how do we actually get day-to-day materials that reflect our who we are as a people, and how do we also turn a profit and try to find, seg- you know, other avenues of revenue. And the ex- what I've been tasked with by this government is to to do those things. And the first one is. Using a strategy that I've wanted to beta for years, and that is how do we, how the question being, the problem being, how do we thwart or frustrate uh, cultural appropriation? And it was a strategy that I put together just that simply using what I would call a cultural collaboration. And and there's a whole program behind that that I employ. And... it's an interesting thing when you can create not just for your own. But for instance, with my own nation, um, to the governmental, mm-hmm. when we were finalizing our cultural center in Durant, um, the la- we have there's the traveling and moving exhibition space spaces, and then we have one permanent exhibition. And I got a call from Chief uh, Batten that wanted to wanted me to do the final piece. in the area is a 10-foot by 24-foot area, the last thing you see. And the title was, Is Our Future? There's a whole other subtitle that I use that's in Choctaw. But that, and I remember calling, talking to him and saying, OK, uh, well, what do you mean? Like, our future, like, what do you mean? And he goes, no, you just go for it. I'm like, oh, good Lord. So in those situations, it's an extraordinary thing to be able to create for people or peoples, where the, the artwork is, is, by mandate, by design, a part of history, a part of their identity. It is a focal point of where we are going. I'm, and, and I, and I, and I want to I, I put a caveat on the next statement. I am not a cultural preservationist. I'm a cultural conservationist. By that, I mean that I do not want to artificially preserve something from the past. Because I say that because um, I think of my grandmother. (laughs) You you go into the the kitchen, you open up the fridge, and she's kept all kinds of uh, of tins or, or plastic... Containers, and it's like a crapshoot. What's going to be in one of those, right. and how long it's been there? So when you talk about a petri dish or preserving something artificially, you're you're creating a, you're creating a situation by definition that it ha- it doesn't respond to an outside atmosphere. It's contained, and we all know what happens. It started. Mm-hmm. You know, chowder, and at two weeks it's slurry. You know, it's, it's not normal. Yeah. I, I am a strict cultural conservationist because I recognize that m- much of what was considered Chata or Choctaw or Chikasha, ch- Chickasaw, because we're so close, yeah. is irredeemably gone but that no, has zero implications upon my identity and the viability of my identity. And as such, it's the personal agency of de- defining ourselves that's important and the exercise of it. And that's where the conservation comes in. So I don't look to the past for where I'm going in the sense that I don't want to replicate what's in the past. I need to understand what's in the past so that when I create the artworks for the Delaware, for Choctaw nation or for whomever I work with, that my work is about how then shall we live? How do we move forward? What does it mean to move forward? What does it mean and how to do it? Not because I don't want to deal with the past. In fact, my work deals more with the past and research than most. And the projects that I do, 10 years, like for instance, one that was announced, the, the, the findings after 10 years of research with Baroness Nicholson, Emma Nicholson of the Winterbourne, who's a member of the House of Lords in the UK. You know, there are only four of these reports yeah. This is, represents a thousand documents, a permanent archive at the Bodleian Library at Oxford University, and it is the single largest repository of land transactions and land documents related to jigsaws. I would say with, with confidence that that more than proves that I know how to deal with history. And I'm doing the same thing right now in Genoa. We're working with, you know, historians and financial historians on Banco de San Giorgio, which is the first Western bank and the first Western multinational corporation. And it's actually the reason why you and I are even at this table. One boardroom decision creates Western expansionism, employs at Columbus and others, and we're in this room. Right. Okay? Yeah. So I enjoy you using and the past and understanding the past, but it does not define where I'm going. Sure, makes
1: sense. Yeah, makes a lot of sense.
0: That's where I fit in the governmental. Gotcha. Now the commercial side, the the, the gaming side, that is, it, on the on the corporate side, you know, the is, it's a very untethered experience. It's fun, but. It's funny because within the tribal gaming side, it's a function of government. Right. And so one never knows what kind of uh, of commission or uh, collection will come out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One could be entirely historical based, creating new types of, of metaphor. One could be, we don't want that at all. Right. We want something just horse. I enjoy the commissions. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell other artists, you know, being a professional artist with commissions is the only proof positive that you're professional, because you look at a professional athlete. What separates a professional athlete from an Olympian? Olympian gets a prize at the end mm-hmm. for winning, but they don't get paid for practice. Yeah, that's when you know you're a professional in something that you get paid to practice.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that wish that you were professionals and got paid to practice, that's for sure. Especially after putting four four years of practice in to get, you know,
0: gold medal or whatever. And the gaming is fantastic because it, it leads to collaborations and it goes back to the cultural collaboration component of being able to use designs and imageries and motifs in a way that is compelling now it's compelling in terms of visual that you it that it become. it's not just an aesthetic of curiosity that it is actually a viable product or a series and I think that's fascinating to me because that is a um, it would not be possible for me to explore this if it wasn't for the casino market and the gaming market and the willingness on the part of eminent actors within within that space who reach out to me over the years to collaborate, they recognize that not only is it the ethical thing to do, but it is something that, from an aesthetic perspective, sets yourself apart such that Your work becomes visually beautiful and compelling. And I like that.
1: Yeah, it's you're right. You're you're in you're very good at what you do and you're in a unique position, right? And you get those people reaching out and you don't know what they might want, but that's the exciting part too. Like I said, you might be designing an entire game, you might be doing the back of a chair, or you might be doing some piece that's gonna go. Yeah, it could be whatever, right? It's that's the exciting part about it. Not just like stuck to one thing.
0: Like, just an example, and I promise you this is not a product placement experience, <laughs> but it's, invariable, it's inevitable that if we're going to talk about this subject, we're going to have to show something. Mm-hmm. So this is, we talk about the Delaware Nation. Yeah. So one of the designs that they have in motif is teme, which is their wolf. And so we have a wolf here. Yeah. So this wolf, yes, it's, it's a label for a beer, but you notice that what we did with this was as a beta, there's no color. This is like, let's prove that this as a, as a, a, as a focus group works. So I didn't get remunerated. Delaware Nation didn't get re- remunerated. on This is something that we wanted to do to see how people would experience it. Now, we partnered with this with Skydance Brewery. Why? First and only native owned brewery in Oklahoma City. And this the the, the two principal owners are not only the native, but Jake. He's the the chairman or chief of his tribe, yeah. the Awe. And so when you read it, yes, there's the there's there's the little bit about the contents and the composition, but what we're really talking about here. Is we're making a, you know, the artwork for Teme Wolf was created, I mean, and the, the Delaware Nation of Oklahoma has authorized him to create artwork on the tribal designs and assets. And rather than purely reactive response to cultural appropriation, appropriation, this collaboration is a proactive demonstration of how to work with tribal nations yeah. to support their cultural sovereignty. Yeah. Now, it seems odd. That is a can of beer. But Oklahoma City is the capital of Indian country. Mm-hmm. Not just in the United States, but we're the capital of Indian country. We don't fit any kind of mm-hmm. uh, 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 normalcy right. in North America. And, and because we don't, we shouldn't behave like we do. We're at a point where we have... At the state government, we have good, bad, and different. We have a governor who's a citizen of one nation. We have three justices out of the nine that are native. We have we have within our legislature, the state level, we have an Indian caucus. We have within our different, uh, well, at the mayor mayor level here in Oklahoma City, we have our first native mayor who's Osage. It's it's gone from being a a citizenship being a non-start and an albatross around your neck as, a, mm-hmm. as an option to being an asset. And it's done that in my lifetime. Right. And so exploring this is as much a function and exploring cultural collaboration is as much a function of how Indian country has options but it's also a way of us demonstrating that in the 21st century, non-Indian country, this is how you can participate and correctly collaborate with us, and we can create something that's very beautiful in Oklahoma. Right, yeah. And so they seem simple, but these are these, are these baited little steps that we're going towards a more, as Lincoln said, a more perfect union. I mean, perfect
1: segue. Let's talk about the coins because that's the most recent.
0: This is the most recent, and I know
1: how excited you are about these because I remember you telling me about them for maybe six months ago, or maybe yeah. longer. It was Christmas time actually because yeah. I was at your, It was one of the Christmas things you threw maybe at the. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Pasole. What day? What time of year was that? Christmas? November. Yeah, late Close November. to it. Yeah, late November. November. There we go. Wait, was yeah. it late
0: November? Maybe. Remember, yeah. yeah. My partner's here. She's... Callie's she here. All that. <laughs> <laughs> That's its own other episode. That is. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, AppMix. Yeah. apmex is one of these... AppMix has been around for 21 years in Oklahoma City. It's a... It's based here. It's from here. The CEO or the founder's from here. Mm-hmm. And... And rightfully, they've stayed very quiet because of what they do. And now this is, they're beginning to become more public about their presence in Oklahoma City. Uh, they occupy um, the old Federal Reserve building downtown, which is across the street from my studio. Okay. And about a year ago, I get this this call, you know, early one morning that you know, Mr. Smalling, would like to, you know. Explore the possibility of of collaborating with you, and I, so I said, "Well, it's really early in the morning. Have you had coffee yet?" And they're like, "No." And I said, "Well, obviously you're across the street from me. You know where I live and where I work. Yeah, why don't you just come over?" And so when they came in, the the first conversation was uh, first thing I said was, "You know, Mr. Smalling, we would like to be affiliated with your brand." To which I said, "I wasn't aware I had one," and and it just was. It was a very it was a very interesting experience because and I'm in an interesting good way because when I'm collaborating with in a with projects or industry or a product that have no reference to the to the method and the processes, you know, I realize that I'm actually the impediment at first because I'm I'm the novice and I'm being granted a lot of grace because I am the novice, because I wanna know because I always come in with the expectation, being me, that this is not going to be a one-time thing. I want to keep at this. And so the one-line method is actually a, a, an asset to the design process. And um, it, what we wanted to do, we were looking at broader things that we could you know, collaborate on, and I thought, Let's do something, have a component of it that says as a statement that we're both from Oklahoma City. This is our home. It doesn't mean that we don't take that project elsewhere. And in this city, I'm very privileged to have our work in different governmental buildings. And with the mayor, um, he being Osage and and having known him for quite some time, as he was running for office, it was very clear he was going to win. Uh, he was like, Dave, I want something to celebrate this victory. I want And it's not, and as he put it, it wasn't just his victory. It was the fact that there is now a place for us in Indian country. There isn't a limit where we can go. And and, and being Osage, the importance within the Osage of the Buffalo, um, and the beauty, beauty of the municipal building here in Oklahoma City, is that Art Deco mixture at a period of time in which they were they, the designers were looking for a Native esque motif. So I, uh, uh, I created an a grand buffalo for him uh, that's five foot by eight foot, and it is within the kind of feel of an art deco. Mm-hmm. And the coin itself is that on one side. And then at the uh, Oklahoma Judicial Center, I did a, a portrait for the Oklahoma Supreme Court of the court that was seated at the time when they moved from the Oklahoma State Capitol mm-hmm. to, uh, to the Judicial Center. Still retaining the courtroom in the Capitol, but they consolidated all their office, all their yeah. brand, you know employees. And so it's called the Oklahoma Nine. And one part of it is this deconstruction on leather of the uh, Osage Shield, the Calumet, okay. and then the, the uh, 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 Olive Branch. But unlike other de- depictions, I did not do it in a single line, this one. This one is... That particular piece is very accurate in terms of the feathers, in terms of the stitch work, the type and and the stars, not the crosses, but the stars that are on the OSA shield. And so it's using to the accuracy of P7, P5, and the P1 eagle feathers that are actually on the shield. And so we created a coin, but it's, it's almost like the city and the zip code. The city and the state. And the copper ones we've done, so that we're going to have them in gift shops, we're going to have them in museums, we're going to have them in hotels, so that they pay for the reminting, so that the office of the mayor and the municipal building will be stocked with coins. And we've chosen, both Atmex and myself, not to have our signatures on it. Okay. Not to have their logo brand or myself on it. Even is clearly my artwork, we're not doing it. Why? We want it to be our city's coin and to reflect where we are now. And so, like, for instance, this is the coin, copper. There's the buffalo, and there's the shield. And then the silver version of the same... There's this one, which and these are the proofs. Yeah. And there's also one that's limited that will have coloration on it. It's beautiful. And then this is what we have at the mayor's office now. So when his guests come in and others... Because I was thinking if we do prints, it could get damaged, and then that's a whole level of other things that, you know... Right. The staff there have to take care of in terms of the tubes and the packing tubes, the mailing tubes, and all that. Whereas this can't be—you're not going to damage this. And so the idea of being able to hand this out. You have this, which tells little—it tells, talks about Atmex, talks about me and how this happened. But this is also a fascinating component. With all the work I do in collaboration, I always keep this—this this little logo. This is the Indian Arts and Crafts Act logo. Okay because what this is is a federal it's a federal logo which is a proof that this is truly native american artwork this is legitimate and then there are these so that you have the packet that will travel easy and it's simple i think these kinds of projects are the definition of cultural collaboration that we will see hopefully done more and more here in Oklahoma not, and I hope that we get past the, the idea that it needs to be done solely for the ethics of it and I hope that we realize that it is a function of great aesthetic beauty it creates much more the options become multitudinous and we're able to in a creative way deal with a very difficult past because the past of Oklahoma is difficult. All right. And that's also like the projects in Genoa we look, where, cultural collabor- where cult- Western Expansionism began I have an exhibition that I'm going to be doing in Genoa where it deals with the, the idea and it's, I can argue quite easily that Oklahoma City is the last colonial capital because when this place was established as a municipality. It was within a territory, and it was an administrative capital of a territory, which is the definition. And to look at the two as bookends and to explore what that means, and to do what I've been doing with the Baroness, Baroness Nicholson in the UK, but to do this now with, in, in the birthplace of what created the chaos, but not in a punitive way, but in a way that looks at, looks at the confluence that has... Me- that single boardroom decision is as subs- substantial import to humankind as when some creature decided to walk out of or slither out of the water there not a pot there isn't a way for one mind or a group of minds to conceive a way of disentangling its effect both genetically both in terms of the, the ideas the confluences the chaos the creativity good bad you know indifferent creativity that's been let loose I find Oklahoma City is a place where We, the detritus has had such vastly disproportionate impact upon the world in 100 years. What's come out of here in 100 years is testament to the dynamism of what the Genovese started, that huge, calamitous migration of peoples and then this being where it ended. Um, that to me, the intellectual side of me can feed on this for the rest of my life. The artistic, side, I tell people, if I can't create artwork out of this, then I suck. <laughs> <laughs> and and I find it fascinating that it's through the collaborations and gaming. Mm-hmm. And through being able to continually flesh out my beliefs, flesh out, do I believe in this strategy of cultural collaboration, that I'm able then to take those relationships and apply them into the next phase, which is, you know, this is the confluence and, you know, being able to work with great minds and to be able to, to play with that. And the response has been consistently affirming. Not just, that's great work, but how can, can we participate? Can we participate? And like this one, I'm, this is a beta. I haven't even done anything with this. This is a laser etching from a document. Mm-hmm. This is the incorporation of the first bank. And with the ledger book style, I'm going to play with this. So I do these things as betas. But it's weird to have this now around the studio, and it's been around for a while. I'll look at it thinking I should do something on it, but I'm looking at the going, this is what started it. And to know that I'll be the first to create with it. Over and over again, I get to be the first to doing something. And that goes back to that you Nero know, wolf kind of comment where I'm so lazy. I'm lazy because I don't want to be the second at it because if I'm the second at it, I have to adhere to someone's rules. If I'm there first, then I get to make the rule. And so that's where the laziness gets in. And it's, it's going to be fascinating because the artwork will be an expression of not only what Oklahoma is, but the city. You know, conversations that I have uh, where now looking at what will it be like in a couple of years when in business, some of my affiliations in Indian Country, when we are going back, when we are going to Genoa, we're going to these places doing business. And, you know, looking at full circle for the first time in 500 years, what does that mean? And and instead of it being on someone else's terms, to be doing it on our own. And there's no, not in a punitive way, but in a way that's contemplative, that is, that that understands that if I, it's that like Doctor Who paradigm that we've talked about. It's that para, that question of time travel. If I could go back and change something, would I? And I look at, I look at, you know, my partner Kelly. You look at Taryn. You know, we look at these people who are a confluence of peoples and realize that if i touch one part of it i don't have that person in my life and the question then is you know how to how to move forward in a better way so some of the projects that i'm doing one of the, one of the one of the exhibitions is on banking so looking at you know a contemporary, uh, contemporary multinational bank that remains anonymous right now, and Banco de San Giorgio, where I'm working with a financial historian, and he and I are playing the the role of executor of a will, and it's not even commenting upon what this contemporary is. Is saying this is what you've inherited as a multinational. And then doing the same with another multinational, not to be named yet, but as a corporation doing the same. Mm-hmm. The reason why these are functional now as, as query is that just as Geneva and that boardroom decision inexorably transformed humankind, our boardroom decisions with AI have, whether or not we realize it right now, we may not feel it right now, because it's slowly, good, bad, and different, it has slowly enveloped modern life, whether or not you know it, you are cushioned, enveloped by it, that we have just gone through the advent of something as important as when that primordial sludge slithered out again. Mm -hmm. And the question now is, how then do we live? How do we encounter, how do we inform these meta extensions of ourselves in a way, hopefully, better than the last time? Mm -hmm. And I find Oklahoma City, oddly enough, a place of great import because it is a place that is going to experience such upheaval because of genetics genetic therapeutics, genomics, as applied by machine learning, as applied by AI, where Indian country is going to transform in a disproportionate effect. And in our lifetime, we will inhabit that experience. And I hope that we do it better than in the past. You know, these these great milestones. And so the artwork for me is When people thought, you know, when I first started getting involved in Indian country and gaming and all that, no one believed when I said we were going then. Mm. You know, and now I get away with this nonsense. I could call it nonsense, but I mean, I I love the fact that I can be here in Oklahoma City and and observe. As a bystander, participate if I want to. And these things are fleshing themselves out, and I get to participate. And the artwork's just going to become better. And that means I don't have to leave. I can do it here. You know? That's awesome. Yeah.
1: We could talk for days. Uh, We generally do. Um, But in the interest of people driving and listening and generally how I keep these podcasts to an hour, uh, we're quickly running out of time. Uh, And Kelly's got somewhere to go. Uh, (laughs) With the coins. So... People these are going in gift shops. Being around, they'll be in the city. People
0: have to buy them and use them as gifts and give them to friends right. and all the and rest At-Mix, of it. Right, at the website, you know, it's and I had to I have to say, and again back to this, this hidden mm-hmm. Goliath. I mean, AppMex is one of the world's largest private mints. It's one of the Nobody world's largest no private you know, repositories and brokers of precious metals. I mean, it's astonishing what they do. And I have to say that the creative process with them has been a pleasure because I, it's been fun. It's been, um, they're as honorary as I am. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've enjoyed it. I mean, it is, a, it is an amazing thing and a testament to the city that when I think of the back-end supported companies that, I, that, that make my life work and my collaborations here in the United States, that, that a significant proportion of them are within a—I'm on Dean McGee, right next to the, the, the courthouse. So are they. So, so, so I've been my, the, the the law firm that has represented me for a long time. If you go up to uh, 11th Street, it's pretty much there. Like, my life is right there, the functionality of it. So that in a capital city of the United States, I get to live a small town experience. And I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It's a very nice way of living. <laughs> and so I'm I'm terribly spoiled that way. Terribly spoiled. <laughs> a great restaurant
1: around you as well. Yes. Uh, has, have we trained the most recent barista to make your coffee across no, the street? No, I've given up. I've given up? Okay. given up. Sorry to bring that up. I've given up.
0: I've given up. up. <laughs> I've given up. Um, and what he's referring to is, uh, when I'm in Genova, it is a type of coffee that you do find around Italy, but it's most notably tied to Genova or Genoa. And it's called Marroquino.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, the Marroquino to me is a, a glorious, glorious thing. It's great coffee. We shared one. Well, we had one yeah. each, but it was good. Um, well,
1: uh, until we meet again, and um, we're probably going to do these at least 10, 15 times over the duration of our lifetimes, having podcasts and telling great stories. Um, because you have so many and I plan to do
0: this podcast until I can't speak. No, there, there's going to come a day when I get to switch, ta- switch here. Yeah. And we get to talk about whales.
1: We can talk. And about we can Wales, talk about
0: how sure. you came here. Yeah. That's a story. And that will itself. be, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll have to do that. And, um, I'm going
1: to have to find, get myself one of those coins and, uh, maybe in a dream world, figure out how to collaborate one day. You know, um, it's kind of funny. I'm looking at my laptop and I've got my two logos. Um, in front of me and well Wales does one of the best logos in the world red dragon and then obviously this is Oklahoma's logo I think it's pretty cool shout out to Michael who designed it for me Um, but yeah maybe we'll have a collaboration one day most definitely until then I look forward to um, sharing um, some calf meat probably in the near future with (laughs) you guys that's right having a couple drinks uh, and having a good time so thanks for spending an hour with us I appreciate it thank you for people listening uh, I will put a link to dg's instagram and, and maybe another link that you can go find um the coins at and yeah we will uh, we'll catch you next episode cheers hope you guys enjoyed that great episode thank you so much for listening as always huge shout out to our sponsors the oklahoma hall of fame sharing oklahoma story through its people since 1927 for more information on the oklahoma hall of fame go to www. oklahoma business down in el reno they're also in bethany as well so people in the bethany area know the diffies really well but if you're looking for anything new used um ford lincoln or whatever i'm sure they could find anything you want um check them out DiffyFord.net, and then on instagram at diffiefordlincoln this episode is presented by the choctaw nation the choctaw people have a rich history and a bright future At the Choctaw Cultural Center, you can take part in a story 14,000 years in the making. Stroll through our immersive exhibits portraying Choctaw life from the moment our ancestors emerged from the Nani Weha in Mississippian homelands to the Trail of Tears, where we lost so many loved ones, and finally to the modern-day tribe making a positive impact on local communities throughout southeastern Oklahoma. Try your hand at our social dancing and stickball and learn more about our vibrant culture through demonstrations, workshops, and classes. The kids will have a blast in our Luxie Activity Center. The Choctaw Cultural Center is more than a museum. It's a living, breathing experience. Visit ChoctawCulturalCenter.com to plan your visit. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us Saturday, September 30th for our sobriety sprint, 5K, as we remember, honor, and celebrate those who've lost their lives. This family-focused event will feature a one-mile fun run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. Register to run or honor a loved one at sobriety sprint.com.
0: Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.